You're listening to the Reversing Climate Change podcast by the team at Nori, the carbon removal marketplace. This is a show about the innovators and entrepreneurs developing solutions to climate change. Hello and welcome to the Reversing Climate Change podcast. I'm Ross Kenyon. I'm the creative editor at Nori's Carbon Removal Marketplace. Today, I have a guest from the Fraternal Order of Climate Podcasters, Brock Benefiel. Hello. Ross, great to be here. Great to have you. Um, you co-host alongside your brother, The Climate Pod, which uh, I can tell you have a digital marketing background because that is some excellent SEO. Is that <laughs> is my interpretation correct? That's why we do it. We do it for the search engines, right? Yeah, someone just searched Climate Podcast. Climate Pod seems high up there. <laughs> I saw a thread on Twitter a while back of people complaining that all the good climate podcast names were already taken. All that real estate was claimed. I don't know if that was your experience too, but you know, I think what we lean on more than anything is our ability to be creative. So with the climate pod, really just thinking outside of the box. Cool. Well, we uh, are having you on today, Brock, because you have a new series that you're doing in addition to your normal podcasting. Let's start with what the climate pod covers. And then what is this new series you're working on? The purpose of the climate pod is to have kind of a wide ranging conversation on the climate crisis, right? So we're thinking about economics, science, activism, culture, the politics, uh, you, you name it. We're trying to have the broadest possible conversation on the climate crisis with our with our regular show. But there's a massive event when it comes to climate change at the end of the year. That's an international event, COP26. So for this new series, which is called The Road to COP26, presented by Octopus Energy, which is our nice sponsor for the series, with this series, what we're trying to do is attach, you know, take that lens, the sort of wide-ranging conversation, and apply it to the international conversation on climate change and what's at stake at 2020 in 2021 when it comes to the climate crisis. Because as you well know, doing this podcast, there are there's so much at stake this year. There's a ton going on. This report is super fresh. Was it yesterday morning or did, was it today that it came it out? It just came out. Yeah. Like it, it was like, uh, I want to say like uh, four in the morning, Eastern time. I mean, I'm on Eastern time here in the United States. So four in the morning, Eastern time. And uh, yeah, right in the morning of in British uh, summertime. That's right. I woke up to Euro Twitter, uh, all of Twitter, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah. Monday, August 9th. What exactly is happening at COP26? For someone listening, they probably know, but I imagine there are just too many initialisms and acronyms out there. Why don't we break down why it's important? Yeah, let me take a step back here because, you know, COP26, Conference of the Parties, there's kind of, the way I see it, there's kind of a literal COP and then there's like a figurative COP. What is going to take place? So, you know, why COP is important is that this is the biggest, this is the biggest world stage for climate change. This is the big World Climate Change Conference every year. So this is not like your G7 summit, right? Or, you know, like name your regional or elite summit. This is more than 200 countries participating, right? And they're not just participating, they're creating formal agreements, proposals, their speeches on a variety of aspects of, of the climate crisis and actual things have to get done. There's this thing that was in, in the Paris Agreement called these nationally determined contributions. And that's like the national targets for that country set, you know, for reducing their greenhouse gas emissions um, and, you know, getting to net zero by 2025 or, or 2030. And that has to be reviewed every five years. Well, 2020 was the five-year mark for the Paris Agreement. And COP26 was delayed a year because obviously because 
of the pandemic. So in 2021 at COP26, now is the time when we're, you know, we're looking at the Paris Agreement, looking at our, our targets, which as you know, talking to climate scientists, I'm sure you know, if you look at the way, you know, the path that nations are headed on, they're nowhere near the targets we need to hit for the Paris Agreement. And then again, there's like literal things that have to get done. They have to create these carbon market mechanisms, which was a centerpiece of what COP25 was going to be. And it was a complete failure. Nations, like there was no formal agreement on establishing these carbon markets, right? Like understanding a price on, on carbon and what, you know, nations that are, uh, that are that are not getting it done, what they have to do as a result. Um, there's funding for damage and loss. Like what do wealthy nations actually owe? You know, the wealthiest nations that are the most responsible for greenhouse gas emissions, what do they owe nations that are the least responsible but the most impacted? Those are the kind of things that get, need to get done. That's like what literal COP is. But I feel like what figurative COP is, is like we've gone through this pandemic. We have seen what happens when we don't take the threats to our natural world very ser seriously. Like what happens when we don't listen to science. And as you know, like through the past couple of years, especially the incidents of extreme weather, the impacts of the climate crisis could not be more visible. They're in our news, our headlines all the time. So when you look back at that, how, how are our world leaders going to act? Like, it's a massive question. I feel like a lot is going to be hammered out at this year's COP26 event. In general, you're optimistic about it. Well, Optimism is such a relative term in this. You know what I mean? Like, because <laughs> I feel like answer, if you're, okay. <laughs> you're going to like define what success would look like for COP26, like actual success, I feel like it's automatically going to be a failure. What we need to do with the climate crisis is to like make a dramatic shift to decarbonization, adaptation, and, and move toward a more sustainable planet. When it comes to these kind of massive global agreements, when you think about 200 countries participating with all of the fossil fuel interests that are entangled and all of the competing interests, like that, I just don't think we're going to decarbonize at the pace that we need to. Nevertheless, you do see many pledges, right, from leaders around the world, especially in recent years, that are relatively aggressive. So am I optimistic that we're going to do everything we can do to fight the climate crisis? Absolutely not. But do I think that there is an opportunity, especially with the IPCC report that came out today, and is there the opportunity for more pressure on policymakers as they meet to make really important decisions? I do think that's at least possible. So we want to cover that as we go along. I think it's a measured response and a wise <laughs> one. What do you think Greta is going to do? I think with her how dare you speech, the the pitch has already turned all the way up. I think she's got to surely going to try to top herself. This is almost gossipy speculation, but what do you think? Well, I think the the really cool part of Greta's speeches, especially in front of the United Nations, is she's never going to have that kind of like uh, relative definition of success that I talked about. She's <laughs> just going to play it straight, right? She is going to cite the facts and show where there are shortcomings, right? She's not going to say, well, you know, I understand that this is really hard and you have to bring a couple hundred countries together and you have to play nice with fossil fuel interests. She's just gonna cut right through the bullshit and say what's going on. Yeah, she's not gonna say, well, the risk to capital markets of a, of a loss of GDP, <laughs> that's, 
I don't think she's going to give some sort of weighted response like that. Right. That's not her rhetorical style, one might say. Absolutely. What kinds of shows are you producing? I imagine you're trying to get some in the can now. What are you looking out for? If someone wants to tune in, what should they have to look forward to? Yeah, we've had a couple of we've done already. We had uh, David Lammy, who's a uh, um, representative in the... Yeah, he's a member of parliament in the UK. Focus, he's the shadow secretary uh, state of justice. We talked to him about, you know, as, as we know in the United States, but all around the world, the centering of racial justice within the climate fight could not be more key, especially in 2021. And he was talking to us about how he's going to bring that to COP26 and what actually needs to get done at COP26 to center justice in the fight. Uh, earlier this, this morning, we're talking on Monday, August 9th. Uh, that, as I mentioned, the IPCC re- released a report. We talked to Ed Hawkins, one of the lead authors, and I think most people in climate know him for uh, as the, the, the climate stripes guy. We had him on to talk about the report, its implications, and and what that should mean for policymakers. We're going to talk to scientists, policymakers, and activists, especially people who are going to be at COP26, who have you know initiatives and things that they you know messages that they want to get across, policy aims, things that they actually want to get uh, accomplished at COP26. I'd love it if we could talk to several people from every nation. We just don't have the time for that. But we are going to get a um, a sampling of people all across the globe in many different countries looking, again, at these broader implications, these big issues that have to not only be solved at COP26, but then individually in each of these countries leading up to the event and after the event itself. Well, we're going on season break right now. So if you're listening and you're looking for something timely, something that's happening, you still can't get enough climate podcasting. The Climate Pod has you covered in the meantime. Also, your catalog is very impressive. There's a number of great episodes with some top-tier guests. Oh, man, I really loved our conversation with David Wallace-Wells. I think a lot of people in climate will know him as the author of The Uninhabitable Earth. Like We've seen so much off the charts weather. We talked to David Wallace Wells about what that means and like honestly what scares him. Uh, we had a great conversation with Dr. Andrew Dessler recently. He was talking about like what about 2021 has surprised him as a climate scientist. Like as many, as you know, like climate scientists have seen things this year that like we did not expect that. And uh, I'm a big political nerd. So we had Jay Inslee on, the governor of Washington recently. Really excited to have him on. We talked about like, you know, because he's in the fight in like a day-to-day fight, right? He's the, he has a, he's running a state. So, and he has done a great job handling the COVID-19 pandemic. So he talked to us about not only what Washington's facing with the climate crisis, but what he's learned during the COVID-19 pandemic that he's been able to apply. You're not even going to name drop all the famous comedians and actors that have been on the show. <laughs> You're going to focus on hey, the man. real serious stuff. We've had Ted Danson, Rain Wilson, Bill Nye, which is like a '90s millennial nerd. Like Bill Nye could not like I couldn't be more of a Bill Nye fanboy. So that was a phenomenal one. So if you want to go back to some of the old episodes, got some good ones and some more lighthearted ones as well. If someone's listening and they want to support you, obviously the way to do so is to go look up the Climate Pod and their podcast app of choice and listen. Is there anything else that they can do to be a part of what you're working on? Sure. Not just subscribe. Uh, check us out, the Climate Pod. Um, you know, on every podcast app, we've been like posting more to YouTube lately, and it seems like those are people are are starting to watch those videos. So if you want to see 
um, what a face for podcasting looks like. Uh, you can check out our YouTube. Different people find our podcast on YouTube for different reasons too. The ones that are popular <laughs> there versus elsewhere, endlessly it's wild. It's wild. I very, know. Did you notice that too? <laughs> yeah, it is wild. But uh, yeah, just check us out. You know, I think like, you know, and like, this is what it's so cool to talk to you about this stuff is like the more people are actually talking and engaging with this stuff, the better our outcomes are going to be, right? This is, a, this is what Catherine Hale talks about all the time. Like, just talk to people about climate change. So it's so cool what you are doing, the whole, like, the audience and the movement that you guys are building. And it's just so cool that we can reach your listeners and would love it. People checked out some of those episodes. Because, again, like, as I said in the beginning, this could not be a more critical year. We always talk about that in climate change. And people are some sort of, like, wary of those kinds of terms, but it's true. Like what is going to happen this year, our understanding of it and what we actually do about it is going to, it's going to shape so much of our future. Well, links to all of those things are in the show notes. Thanks for the kind words too, by the way. Nice of you to say. Uh, Brock, thanks for being here. Ross, thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. And if you like this show, please rate and review us on iTunes uh, slash Apple Podcasts. It means a lot to us. It helps us get our content out to more people. And thank you so much for listening. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review it in Apple Podcasts and or Stitcher. It really helps us a lot to get this content to a wider audience. If you think what we're doing is useful, interesting, fun, hopefully all three, we'd certainly appreciate your rating and review. You can keep up with Nori at Nori.com where there is a newsletter. That's Nori.com slash subscribe. There's podcast. There's a whole bunch else. Or you can send us an email at podcast at Nori.com. We are also now on Patreon at patreon.com slash Nori podcasts if you'd like more content, engagement, and community. And thank you so much for your support.